<laughs> yeah. Ah, isn't that the way it is sometimes? Welcome to Parkview. Uh, this weekend on all of our campuses all around Chicagoland, we are officially entering into the week of Thanksgiving. Is that good? Are you happy about that? Are you excited? Yes. I hope you are. Some of you are. Some of you are going, that's still like five days away, Todd. We're a long way away from Thanksgiving. There's a lot that needs to be done before we get to that day. So uh, I understand that, but it's going to be a great week. Uh, I trust of giving thanks to God uh, for what he's doing in our lives, our, our, with our kids, <clears throat> with our grandkids, and so on down the line. And today, uh, we're going to dive in and study a, about giving thanks and gratitude. Uh, but before we do that, I want us to pause and just be aware and thank God for what he's doing in our midst around here at Parkview. Uh, he, there's been incredible just evidence of God working in people's lives over the last seven or nine days around here at Parkview. And if you were around here last weekend, there was a big baptism weekend, and maybe some of you were actually baptized. God is working in people's lives. I want you to see this. Here's a picture from last weekend. There were 232 people <laughs> baptized last weekend. Is that incredible? Giving their lives to Jesus Christ and, and deciding to live for him, giving thanks for what he did for them. But it didn't stop there. After last weekend, then we went on into the midweek, and in our student ministries during the week around here, 46 students in our student ministries also got baptized uh, this week, which is incredible, uh, living their lives for Jesus uh, among their peers at, at school, junior high, high school, that sort of thing. Just incredible. And then just a couple of days ago, uh, on Friday, we had our big Rooted celebration for all of our campuses. Some of you are familiar with Rooted. You are in the Rooted uh, experience. And Friday night at the Rooted celebration, 43 more people got baptized that night. Is that, is that incredible? That, that, is, that is so cool. A lot of those folks on Friday night we're not planning necessarily on getting baptized. And they uh, came in, they, got, they just walked right down in their clothes. And uh, so it was, it was awesome. Friday night was cold, by the way. So, so they went out cold, uh, but very, very baptized. It was, it, was, uh, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I was able to be here and be a part of that. And, and uh, I just, I want us to, to not get going so fast forward into the future. And this next week that we forget to slow down. And give God thanks for what he's stirring in people's hearts. Amen? So here's what I want to do. On, on all campuses, would you just join me? Would you bow our heads? New Lenox, Orland Park around here, Homer Glen. Let's pause and give thanks to God this morning. God, right now, we just push pause. And we say thank you for how active you are <clears throat> in our lives and in the lives of our family and Maybe our spouse or our kids or our grandkids or a neighbor. God, the fact that, uh, that we can come to know you, accept your son Jesus into our lives, picture with our lives what he did with his life in the death and burial and resurrection. Have our sins wiped away, washed away, and start in a brand new life. God, it's amazing. And we don't want to take that for granted, God, the, the grace and the forgiveness that you give to us. So, God, we pause and give you thanks and gratitude. And, God, even today, 
I pray that you would do something special in our lives, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would challenge many, even this weekend, to believe in you and give their lives to you for maybe the first time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, here's what I'd like to do to get us all headed in the same direction today to study giving thanks. I want you to pull out something to write with or something to write on. So if you have a phone, go ahead and pull out your phone. You don't always get to pull out a phone in church, and so I'm saying pull out your phone or grab a pen and the program. I want you to write just a couple of things down, and I know that some of you right now are thinking, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not writing stuff. I'm just, and I know you don't want to do it. You don't want to pull out a pen. You don't want to pull out your phone. I'm just asking you, please do this now because if you'll write these things down now, when we get to the end of our study today, it's going to make a whole lot more sense if you have these several things written down. So pull out uh, something to write with, something to write on, your phone, tablet, whatever it is. And here's what I want you to write down just very quickly uh, this morning. The names of three people that you're grateful for. Just, just the names of three people that you want to give thanks for. Maybe it's uh, one of your friends, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a coach that you've had in the past or in the present, uh, maybe it's parents, grandparents, neighbor, whatever it is, write down the names of three people that you feel gratitude towards right now as you sit here uh, today. Just take a moment to do that. And now while you're doing that, let me also say this to you. The interesting thing about gratitude is that every single one of us this morning feels like we're a grateful person. We do. We feel grateful. And if I gave you enough time and just sat down with you and had coffee or something like this at a table, you could rattle off a whole list of probably 20 or 30 people that you're grateful for. And you would tell me about that if we had five or or 10 minutes. You know what? I've met with all kinds of people, 25 years of being a pastor. I've met with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of people. And I've never had any person make an appointment with me or come up and talk to me and say this to me, Todd, you know what my problem is? I already know what my problem is. I need you to help me through it, but I already know what it is. Here's my problem. I'm ungrateful. I'm just an ungrateful person. I'm incredibly ungrateful. That's who I am. I've never had anybody ever in decades say that to me. Now, on the flip side of that, we all know people who are ungrateful, don't we? Right? Yeah, we do. They may be sitting in your row today, actually, so don't make a big deal about it, but They may be in your row. And so you see the dilemma that goes on in our lives. We ourselves are certainly not ungrateful, but yet we all know people who are definitely ungrateful. So there's some tension. There's a dilemma. And that leads us to what I want us to study today. Today we're going to look at a Bible-based principle, this story in the Bible. And I want you to know that I first heard this, not first heard this, but was first learned this principle about 15 years ago. I was at North Point Church in Atlanta. A guy named Andy Stanley was preaching this principle. And when I heard this 15 years ago, I don't want to over-dramatize this, but I'm telling you, it changed who I am. It changed how I act and react with people, not just because of the way he taught it, but because of the truth of God's word and how it has the power to change our lives. Amen. It did. It changed who I am. And we have to study this principle today because here's the deal. If we don't study this today and get this into our lives, it's possible that that any one of us, 
could go all the way through this holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas. In fact, you could live all of 2018 believing that you're a grateful person, feeling like you're a grateful person, when actually others around you view you as ungrateful. It's possible. I'm telling you, it's crazy. But you're going to see by the time we get to the end of this today that it's actually possible in our lives to live in that way. And it's a dilemma, so that's what we're going to dive into study. If you have a Bible, Luke chapter 17 is where we're going to be. If you have a smartphone, a tablet, however you locate Scripture these days, Luke chapter 17 is where we're going to be. Uh, This is one of the most profound stories in the entire Bible about gratitude, about expressing thanks. It's the story of a, a really small group of men who approached Jesus for healing, okay? So Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Here we go. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now pause right there for just a moment. Today what we really want to do is put ourselves into the shoes of these 10 men. We want to live their life so we can learn this principle. And in order to really put ourselves into their lives, we have to understand a little bit about leprosy in that day and age. And maybe you've learned some about leprosy. Maybe you don't know much about uh, leprosy. But but here's how leprosy would start. If you were diagnosed with leprosy, it would begin by you just kind of feeling tired all the time, you would begin to feel lethargic, you would begin to feel like you don't have energy to do much. And I know as I start describing that, some of you are going, yes, that's me. I feel exactly that way. I feel lethargic. I feel like, do I have leprosy, Todd? I might, I might be leprous. I think I might be. I doubt if you are. I doubt if you have leprosy. The next thing that would happen in leprosy is that you would start having aches and pains in all of your joints and things like that. And some of you are still saying, yep, that, I got it. I got the pain in the joints. I doubt if it's leprosy still. Uh, leprosy would continue on and you would begin to lose the feeling. In, in your fingers and in your toes and in your nose and your ears, all of your extremities would lose their feeling. And so much so that there's, there's true stories of lepers who would fall asleep at night and while they were sleeping, mice or rats would come and begin to gnaw on their fingers or their ears or their toes and they would actually begin to lose those extremities because they couldn't feel it. And it was just, it was an awful, awful thing. They're, they would begin to get discolored patches all over their skin and calloused areas. Their vocal cords would begin to ulcerate where their voice was really raspy. If you were a person who was diagnosed with leprosy, whenever you came into contact with anyone, whenever you came near a village, you were required to scream out, unclean, unclean. Meaning that you need to stay away from me. As soon as you were diagnosed with leprosy, you couldn't go back to your home anymore. So you found out to be leprosy, you're not going home. You're never going to see your kids or your wife or your husband again. You're never going to go back to work. You're never going to go back to church. You were out in a little village outside of town where you were left to basically die. This was a death sentence. That's the condition. That's what these 10 men are looking at. They're just waiting to die. That's the condition of these men who encounter 
Jesus. Let's continue on. Verse 13. So they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. They had to stand at a distance. Remember, they were required to do that. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And then catch this. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. As they began, put yourselves again in their shoes. As they begin to walk along the road, these 10 guys said, okay, let's just do it. And they start walking along the road. And as they're walking along the road, something happens. They start looking at each other in those places on their face that were all calloused. They begin to get smooth. And, and the guy says, hey, your, your cheek, it's smooth. And he says, so is yours. You're getting smooth. And then they started to get feeling in their fingers again. And guess what, Parkview? The nightmare is over. Hope is returning. They're going to live. They can go back to their homes. They can go back to their jobs. This is the greatest day of their lives. No doubt about it. So what happens next? Verse 15, one of them, everybody say one. One just one, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're, uh, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And no one was found to re when no one was found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, you've probably heard this story if you've been around church just a little bit or a lot. Maybe you've grown up with this story. I grew up with this story since I was a, a little kid. And what I have always been taught about this section of the Bible, all, all my life I've been taught this, that the, the moral to this story, the main principle for you and I to put into our lives from this story in the Bible is this. It's the principle that I've been taught. It's probably the principle that so many of you have been taught. Here it is. Are you ready for it? Don't be like the nine. Right? That's just what you're taught. Don't be like the nine. Only one comes back and gives thanks, right? So here's what you get. Here's what you learn from all these lepers who had this leprosy. Here's what you just got to know. Don't be like the nine. Right? Just don't do that. Don't be like the nine. I mean, how ungrateful can you be? They've been given their lives back. They've been cured. They've been cleansed. They can go back to their homes, their kids, their jobs. They can go back to church. They've been given their lives back, and they don't even go back to Jesus. How ungrateful. Don't be like the nine. And that's what I was always taught for probably 30-plus years of my life. When I was a little kid in church, little tiny Todd, don't be like the nine. Junior high Todd, don't be like the nine. Young adult Todd, don't be like the nine. And I understand that. It's a great principle. I understand why we would teach that principle. But here's what I want us to do today, Parkview. I want us to go just a little bit deeper, and I want to ask you this. Let's be realistic. Do you really think those nine guys were ungrateful? Do you think those nine guys were ungrateful? I don't think so. These guys have been given their lives back. And where do you think, as soon as they found out they were healed, they're walking down the road, they realize they're going to live. This is unbelievable. Where do you think they went, those other nine guys? Where do you think they went? I think they went home, right? I think they went back to their families. 
And they started walking up to their house and they started walking up to their village. And instead of yelling out, unclean, unclean, they're rushing, they're running up to their house and they're saying, I'm clean, I'm, I'm clean. And they start to dance and they start to jump and they start to kiss their kids and they hug their wife and they shake hands with their friends and guess what? Nobody runs from them. This is the greatest day of their lives. When somebody asks them, how did this happen? When one of their friends comes up to them the next few days, the next few weeks and says, how did it, how did it happen? I thought you had leprosy. What do you think they said? Do you think they said something like, well, you know, it's a crazy story, okay? Me and some of my leper friends, okay, we're just walking down the road the other day, and all of a sudden, we're just walking down the road, and guess what? We just started getting better. We don't even know, we don't even know what exactly, you know, occurred. All of a sudden, we're just getting better. We can start feeling things. It was amazing. Do you think that's what they said? No. Of course not. You know what they did? They looked at their friends or they looked at their family and they probably got fairly emotional and they said, okay, here's the thing. Have you heard of this Jesus guy? He's, he's, he's around, he's doing things. Jesus healed us. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how he did it. It was unbelievable what he did. But he healed us. You see, what I believe is that these nine guys, they were just as grateful as they could possibly be for what had been done in their lives. The problem these nine guys had is not that they didn't feel gratitude. The problem is that they didn't return to express their gratitude, right? Ten people feel grateful in their hearts. Only one returns to express that gratitude. And that leads us to this huge relational principle, this huge truth from the Bible that we have to put into our lives during this season. Here's the principle that we need to know. Unexpressed gratitude actually communicates ingratitude. If we're not careful, the unexpressed gratitude in our lives to other people around us can actually communicate to them ingratitude. These guys were grateful, no doubt about it, but their unexpressed gratitude actually for years and years and centuries, maybe for us, has communicated in gratitude, which is actually the opposite of how they feel. And there's all kinds of ways for us to illustrate this, uh, but let's think about Thanksgiving time. We're getting into Thanksgiving, so let's just do it like this. Uh, we're coming up. Well, let me talk to the ladies here also, ladies on all campuses, Homer Glen, New Lenox, around here at Orland Park. Any ladies around here? Have just a few ladies? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, ladies, uh, you're, you're, you're being very, you know, quiet and, and tranquil, but that's okay. It's Thanksgiving time, and it's getting ready to get crazy. Um, so with Thanksgiving coming up, a few days from now, you have all kinds of things to do. Uh, many of you getting the house ready, getting decorations put up, things like that. You've probably been maybe working for weeks on that. And then it gets ready for the meal. So this week, you're going to start preparing this meal. And you're not going to go to the grocery store probably once or twice. It's probably going to be like 27 times that you have to go and get different things that you forgot. And you're going to make, you know, like those mashed potatoes that have the garlic in them. And then, you know, the butter that sits on the top. And it's just uh, so good. And then the rolls that are really hot. And, and they're going to have the corn thing, you know, that is is like really crispy on top and around the edges it's burnt it's so good anyway anyway I'm getting really hungry right now and the beans and the turkey are you, are you ready for Thanksgiving I'm getting really hungry right now so you're going to make this whole meal and you're going to be baking you're going to be preparing things and, and you're going to get everything ready that day you're going to be up at the crack of dawn that day getting things ready for you know two or five or ten or twenty people 
at your house and you're going to get all the drinks. You're going to make somebody get ice and stuff like that. And, and you're going to have the table all set. And it's going to have taken you days and days and days and hours and hours and hours to get this ready. And then Thanksgiving day and afternoon is going to come and everybody's going to come in and they're going to sit down at this table and at this amazing meal uh, that you have taken all this time to prepare. And somebody's going to say a prayer and then everybody's going to dive in and they are going to consume this amazing meal in about 90 seconds. Right? It's just, just going to happen. There's going to be food everywhere. And all of a sudden, everybody's going to be done. And they're going to be off, you know, laying on the couch, watching football, uh, taking a nap. And you're going to be sitting there uh, looking at the table or getting ready to clean things up. And, and when that happens, you and lots of other uh, ladies across the country are going to have this feeling. And the feeling that could possibly come across you on Thanksgiving afternoon is, is not, oh, I just love my family. Oh, they're just so grateful and they're just so good and they just gobbled up everything that I made. No, that will not be your feeling. Your feeling is going to be something more along the lines of, you know what? You know, here, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I am never doing that again. Okay? Do you even know how long that took to get all that ready and prepared and created and now uh, cleaned up? Uh, and you know what I'm going to do? Here's what you're thinking in your head. Maybe you're not going to say it out loud, but you're thinking, you know what? Next year, I'm going to give you a coupon, and I'm going to give you a coupon, and I'm going to give you a coupon. You can just have pizza. You can have beggar's pizza next year. You can be beggars for Thanksgiving. That's what you're going to be next year because I'm not doing that again. And here's the thing. Here's what I'll tell you, ladies. Your family, no doubt about it, they're thankful. They are as thankful as they can be, but oftentimes what happens is, even in little tiny ways, I know that's silly, but even in little tiny ways, our unexpressed gratitude actually communicates the opposite of how we feel. It communicates in gratitude. And, and what about this? If you're not careful, you can spend your whole life believing that you're a grateful person when actually others around you view you as ungrateful. It's a crazy thing for us to consider, but it's something we have to consider for this season and all the thanksgivings and days to come. You say, well, Todd, how could this be? How, how could this be? Could this be true of me? It's, 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 it's simple. What happens with most of us, myself included, is that we spend all kinds of time telling everybody how thankful we are for so-and-so and for so-and-so, and you're not going to believe what so-and-so did. I'm so thankful for so-and-so. It's, it's just We talk about so-and-so all the time. Here's the problem. We just never go back and tell so-and-so. We never go back to them. And again, this happens all the time in our lives. If I were to ask you who you are grateful for, you'd be able to, again, sit down at a little table like this and have coffee with me. You would talk about a parent or you'd talk about one of your grandparents or maybe you'd talk about a coach who gave you, you know, a, a, a great position on the team or a, a boss who gave you a great job or a neighbor or a pastor or something like that. You, you could make a list and you would exude gratitude. There's no doubt about it. You would. But the question today is, do those people actually know that you're grateful? Have you expressed your gratitude to them? Have you gone back and expressed your gratitude to the one or the ones who deserve it? Here's the question. Check this out. Are you more like the nine or are you more like the one? Are you more like the nine or are you more like the one? And just be honest with where you're living right now. You know what I'm saying, right? The nine, there's no doubt that the nine express gratitude. 
They were telling their friends. They were telling their family. There's no doubt about it. They were telling them about Jesus, what Jesus had done. This was unbelievable. I can't believe that he did this. The problem is they didn't go back. Remember, Jesus says, where are the others? The problem is, not that they didn't feel it inside. The problem is they didn't go back and express it to Jesus. And what happens a lot of times is our unexpressed gratitude actually communicates ingratitude. It, it communicates to people the opposite of what we actually feel. And I just don't want us to allow that to happen in our lives, in our families, in our friendships. Again, let me illustrate this and, and, and put it into our world and, and where we live so we can just carry this with us uh, this week. Let, let's just say this, just pretend. Let's just say that this afternoon later on, uh, you're out and about and you go into Starbucks and you see me in Starbucks. I'm in there. I'm in Starbucks a lot, actually. Uh, the reason I'm in there today is not so much because I'm thirsty, but just because I want to stay warm and I need to get something to you know, hold. And so I'm, I'm in Starbucks. I'm waiting in the line. And it's kind of a long line. I get up there in line and I get up to the front and I order my uh, small, uh, tall latte and a pastry. And that's about, you know, $14 there, because it's true, it really is, that's all exactly really the price for a small drink and a pastry, 14 bucks, and so I start to get ready to pay, and oh, shoot, I, I, I don't have my money, I forgot my money, and I'm, I'm getting embarrassed, and was it in the car, did I leave it at home, I can't remember, and, and all of a sudden, just as I'm getting embarrassed and stuff like that, guess what, guess who walks in the door, I, I hear the little jingle, Pastor Tim. We love Pastor Tim, don't we? I mean, Pastor Tim is pretty unbelievable. And so he walks in. He's not getting anything to drink. He's dropping something off to somebody who's working there in Starbucks. And he sees me. He sees me kind of fumbling around. And he come, Pastor Tim comes up to me at the front of the line. He takes 20 bucks out of his pocket, and he gives me 20 bucks. And he says, hey, this is probably going to cover whatever. And, you know, just there you go. It's on, on me kind of thing. And then he just takes off. He walks out. And I'm sitting there. And I'm just, I'm like, wow, that was amazing. That was perfect timing. I'm so grateful for him, right? And so I, I pay him and then I'm, you know, kind of go on and I'm feeling all kinds of thanks and gratitude. In fact, the, the next day I go to an ATM and I get out some cash and, and just to be sure I'm going to, you know, take care of him. I, I know you're not supposed to do this, but I take a $20 bill and I just write PT on it. I write Pastor Tim and, and this is going to be his. And I take it and I put it in my pocket, right? And, and then every time. For the next day or so that I put my hand in my pocket, I feel that $20 bill, and I'm so grateful for Tim. I'm just thinking about Tim. In fact, the next day I'm in Starbucks, and I get so overwhelmed with gratitude that I just start going up to people at tables, and I just start saying, you know, you know what happened the other day? Somebody gave me 20 bucks in here. The guy, it's Tim, he gave me 20 bucks. I was in line, you know, and it's expensive, and he gave me 20 bucks. And I, just, I start going from table to table. In fact, and pretty, pretty soon I'm getting excited about it. Pretty soon I start standing up on a chair because I'm a preacher. And, and people are, like, gathering around, and I'm telling them about Tim, and I'm telling, you know, the story of Tim, and here's what he did. And by the time I get done telling the story of Tim, I mean, people are crying, and, and they're clapping, and I'm spreading the legend of Tim uh, all over the place. In fact, they're naming a little meal. It's just called the Tim. It's a small drink and a pastry. It's 20 bucks even. It's the Tim. And, right, right, and it's sweeping the country in Starbucks. Everybody's ordering the Tim, and it's just this incredible holiday thing, and it's, it's fantastic. But here's the only problem. Here's the problem. I don't ever get back to Tim. I forget. I don't ever get back to Tim and, and thank him and give him that 20 bucks that I owe him, right? And so then imagine this. It's, it's another two or three or four weeks. It's another six weeks go by, and you see Tim around Parkview here, and you go up to him. You say, hey, Tim, uh, What's going on? How are you? And he said, I'm good. And he said, hey, we uh, haven't seen Todd for a while. When, when he, when's he going to be back? 
And Tim looks at you right in the face and says, he's not, okay? He's not. You know why? Because he's a jerk. He's a complete jerk. He's ungrateful is what he is. You want to know why he's ungrateful? And, and he begins to tell you the whole story, right? And, and here's what happens. Listen, listen right? Right? He, I'm actually as grateful as I can be. I am spreading the legend of Tim all around the country. Uh, but yet my in, unexpressed gratitude actually communicates the opposite of how I feel. And I know that's crazy. It's a crazy story. You know, it's a crazy thought. But here's what happens a lot of times. For you and I, we're not ungrateful. We just get going so fast forward into the future that we forget to slow down and go back and thank people. And oftentimes that expresses to them ingratitude. In my family, I'm always trying to teach my kiddos and how to be thankful and grateful, especially when they were little growing up. And they're not little anymore. My son's 17 and my daughter's 19. And, uh, but when they were little, what we started doing is writing notes. Whenever we felt gratitude for each other or someone else, we would write them a little note and give them that note. And that has just carried over into our lives today. Even as I was coming here this weekend, there's, there was notes that were set right beside my bed. And I'll show you a few of them. I took pictures of them. Here's a note my wife sent me or left me just a few days ago. I miss you already. Thanks for believing in me. I love you. As I was coming here, she was getting ready to go speak as well uh, for a ladies' conference in, in Kansas. And, and so we talked about that. And, and just I wanted to encourage her, and she was encouraging me. Here's a note that my daughter Ruby, uh, who's in college, snuck in and left uh, on my desk at home uh, talking about Thanksgiving. Daddy, I'm so proud to be your daughter. Thank you for loving and encouraging me so well. I can't wait to be home with you soon, talking about Thanksgiving. Love you. And then our family hashtag, bam, right? And then rubes. And, and we have these things. We just have these notes all over the place. We keep them, you know, behind all of our <clears throat> shelves, things like that, behind all of our cabinets. We just start collecting them. We have them. I have them in my Bible. We just have them all over the place because I know my family feels it on the inside. I know that, that we feel gratitude for each other. I just want to make sure we get it out into the open and express it to each other. Uh, check, check this one out. My son who's 17, you can do this little experiment, especially those of you who are students. You freak your parents out. This will be awesome. Okay, during the Thanksgiving time. This is a candle at our house. And what my son did is he hid a message in this candle. So when the candle is unlit and the wax is, you know, not soft, it doesn't look like anything. But when you light the candle, look what happens. He took a message and put it under there when it was lit, and then it sinks down, and then when the candle, you know, gets uh, <clears throat> solid, you can't see it anymore. So my wife went over the other day, she lit the candle, and she went back over to blow it out, and she blows it out, and she looks in, and there's this message from her son Cole, and, and just getting creative in these ways that we want to be able to, to give gratitude and express thanks and love to each other. And so here's what I want to do, pulling this all together. Think about those people. Go back now to where we were 25, 30 minutes ago when I asked you to write down the names of three people. Three people that you're thankful for. Here's the question. Do they know that? Do they know that you're definitely grateful and thankful for them? And some of you right now are saying, well, of course they do. I mean, Todd, I've been feeling it for years. 
Well, I know you've been feeling it for years on the inside, but have you told them that? You feel a thanks for your husband, but does he know that? You feel thanks for your wife, but has you, have you told her that? Have you written her a note? You feel thanks maybe for your boss, but have you thanked him for your job? You feel thanks for a neighbor, but do they know that? Or, or, or for somebody you know that you, uh, is, that you go to school with or something like that, or somebody here around the church? Have you expressed it to them? Here's the next step for this week. Here's what I want to send you out into this new week with. The next step is express gratitude to three people this Thanksgiving. Express gratitude to them. And not just like a blanket, you know, when they come into your house, hey, I'm thankful you're here. No, that's cool. But really, I mean, really pull somebody, and they know you're thankful that they're here mostly, um, but pull them aside, pull somebody aside before dinner or after dinner or out in the backyard or when you're driving in the car and just say, hey, listen, I don't want to be goofy and I don't want to, you know, make this a big thing, but I just want you to know that I'm so grateful for what you did three weeks ago. Or you know what? Ten years ago, when you helped me with this, that changed a lot of my life. Listen, listen, do not let that gratitude that is inside of you be unexpressed. Because when we do that, it can communicate the opposite of how we actually feel. Let us be, Parkview, may we be a people who express our gratitude. Amen? Cool. Let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity to take time to study and look at your word and especially this story that a lot of us really know and are familiar with uh, probably from a lot of our lives. And God, I pray that today we would see it through fresh eyes and, and that you would challenge far beyond anything that I could say with my words and my humanness. God, that you and your spirit would, would put inside of us this desire to want to get on the outside what we feel on the inside. God, give us those words to say or to write to somebody that we care about and feel grateful for during this season. God, we're so grateful for you, and we take this time now to give you that thanks, to to pray, to commune, and spend this time with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.